Hi folks, Nairi here. This is just to let you know that my new book, Confluence, A Person-Shaped Story, will be published by Balance of Seven Press on the 18th of November, some 17 days hence as I record this. Pre-orders are important for a book's performance, so please consider supporting my work by buying yourself a copy through the press or from Sapphic Suites and Reads, a bookstore run by two friends of mine in Wichita, Kansas, who ship internationally. Thank you so much for your support, and now, on with the show. So what do you do when you're an overworked Han-era bureaucrat out in the proverbial ass end of nowhere, and part of your work involves having to visit your province's shrines? Well, you make a shrine aggregator. Friday Night History, number 52, Season 2, Episode 19, Shrine Aggregator. The biggest rule of thumb to remember about East Asian cosmology is that the mundane world and the supernatural one are run by bureaucracies. Ensuring that the real-world paperwork gets done properly means that you do your part in ensuring that all of existence is running smoothly. And one of the many obligations of a provincial administration in the Heian era was going around to the different shrines of that province to offer prayers and offerings. This takes time, and roads are sometimes few to non-existent. But not only that, as time went on, Kyoto Big Shots were less and less interested in really getting out into the sticks, so they developed the Solja system. We might translate Solja as General Shrine or Shrine Aggregator. So what does that mean in practice? That means that they built a shrine in or immediately next to the provincial capital, which simultaneously enshrined all the kami of that particular province's shrines. By visiting that shrine, you've effectively visited all of that province's shrines at the same time. If you're some official from Kyoto, your job includes having to visit all the shrines around the province on behalf of the court, you saved time and kept close to what, in your mind, is the closest thing to civilization that this place possesses. Now, this isn't the only sort of shrine of this format, by which I mean this isn't the only sort of shrine where, if you visit it, you've visited one or more shrines elsewhere. Let me explain. Back in 2005, during my tour of the Kansai region, I visited Kasuga Grand Shrine in Nara Prefecture. Kasuga Grand Shrine is worthy of a podcast series of its own, but we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about one of the several myriad small shrines, Masha, or subsidiary shrines, on the shrine grounds. The particular ones in question stand side by side within a small fenced enclosure shrouded by racks of wooden emma, votive plaques. They're the Yohaijo, the distant oratories, for Akachi Shrine and Shirochi Shrine, a pair of shrines whose deities oversee matters pertaining to women's health. The shrines themselves aren't too far. They're within about a mile of Kasuga Grand Shrine to the south, but we have to remember that they might not have been necessarily convenient for pilgrims in decades and centuries past. Not to mention, the two shrines aren't next to each other either, but visit the Yohaijo and you've visited both in a convenient, accessible manner. This is not the same as a soldier, 
A soldier, as originally conceived, is about bureaucratic convenience, not so much public accessibility. So to better understand a soldier, let's take a look at the case of Mutsu province, in whose footprint I lived 17 years back. It was in some respects a special case when it came to how the imperial government administered it. Taga Castle, the modern city of Tagajo Miyagi Prefecture, was its capital. But it wasn't just a provincial capital like those boasted by, say, Musashi, modern Tokyo, or Owari, modern Aichi. No, it was also the seat of the Generalissimo for Pacification, the Chinjufu Shogun, because the North was actively being colonized into the Heian era. Local powers like the Northern Fujiwara, who were of mixed Japanese and non-Japanese Amishi ancestry, did have a significant measure of semi-autonomy, but the provincial administration posted by Kyoto remained there well into the Kamakura era. And so too did its soja, which is still around today as Mutsu Soja no Miya. We're not sure when it was founded, but it was definitely there in the late Heian to early Kamakura transitional period. This is actually a really good example also of how different historical eras aren't really as hard of dividing lines as you might imagine. The provincial administration built this shrine just east of Taga Castle's east gate. It enshrines Yashiodo Oji no Kami, Yashiodo Ouna no Kami, and the Kami from 100 major shrines across 31 counties in the former Mutsu province, in which the imperial court had some measure of interest. When we say Mutsu, we're talking about a lot of territory, Fukushima, Miyagi, Iwate, and Aomori combined. We're not sure of the shrine's exact original footprint today, but we know it was somewhere in its current vicinity when the Kamakura Shogunate was founded in the 1180s. The Kamakura Shogunate is usually shorthanded as the beginning of 700 years of military rule, but that doesn't mean that the imperial system that preceded it abruptly ended. No, the imperial system actually continued for quite a while. People getting posted to provincial capitals and such, for a while, it coexisted with the newer system imposed by the shogunate. Now, as we mentioned a little while ago, the northern Fujiwara ruled northern Honshu with a significant measure of semi-autonomy. This ended when the family sheltered the fugitive Genji commander Minamoto no Yoshitsune, prompting Yoshitsune's brother, the shogun Minamoto no Yoritomo, to send an armed expedition after him. The northern Fujiwara did not survive, and northern Honshu, at least nominally, passed into the Kamakura shogunate's control. Minamoto no Yoritomo posted Kyoto-born administrator Isawa Iekage to be steward of the north, and based him near Taga Castle. We talked about Isawa Iekage in a recent members episode, and his legacy factors pretty strongly into my upcoming novel Confluence, A Person-Shaped Story, in which Iekage's fictional 21st century descendant, Isawa Kasu, appears as a deuteragonist. The gist of what you need to know about Iekage is that he was chosen for his skill as an administrator and scribe, and personally recommended by Yoritomo's right-hand man, Kajiwara no Kagetoki. Like the imperial officials alongside whom he was assigned, part of Iekage's job as steward of the north included care of and pilgrimage to the shrines under his jurisdiction. The most currently high-profile shrine that we know Iekage cared for was Shiogama Shrine, whose clergy and staff became Iekage's vassals. But Mutsu's Sojadomiya also benefited from this steward's beneficence. As it turns out, he's even buried within about half a mile of the shrine grounds, just up from the opposite bank of Kase Marsh, 
which lies close to the shrine, though on the other side of the municipal boundary with the neighboring town of Rifu. During the Muromachi era, the shrine declined. But in the 16th century Azuchi Momoyama era, the Date clan took control of that stretch of the coast. As part of his consolidation of power and legitimacy, and positioning himself as the inheritor of the northern Fujiwara and the Isawa family's role as the north's preeminent leader, Date Masamune funded the shrine's restoration. Starting during Masamune's tenure every year, the Date Daimyo would also send a representative on his behalf to pay respects and make offerings. This is when the current shrine building dates from. It was erected in Kyoho 19, 1734. During the Edo period, Shiogama Shrine, just up the road, was as ever an object of pilgrimage. Even the great Matsuo Basho visited it during his famous sojourn around northern Honshu. But the custom when making this pilgrimage was to go to Sojanamiya first, and then pay your respects at Shiogama Shrine. The two were interlinked in other ways as well. Horenji, a Shingon Buddhist temple which thankfully still exists, was once the Betto for Shiogama Shrine. A Betto temple was the temple whose monks performed ritual and administrative functions for an adjoining shrine, something that was violently ended by government fiat when the Meiji government took over. Shinsoin, a small temple sadly no longer extant, was one of Horenji's branch temples and served as the Betto of Sojanomiya. It's honestly kind of amazing to consider that the shrine building survived the Boshin War, the Second World War, and the 2011 earthquake and tsunami, and is still intact. Also intact are two very old trees on the shrine grounds, a 220-year-old magnolia and a 600-year-old cedar, which are old enough that Tagajo City takes special care of them. Tagajo City today is lively. It's a small city immediately beside the prefectural capital, and sits astride National Route 45 and the Senseki Rail Line, along which I passed through a couple times back when I lived in the area. Tagajo is, of course, nowhere near the sort of provincial nerve center that it once was back when the shrine was first founded. And yet, Sojanomiya still enshrines kami from those 100 shrines spanning the 31 counties of old Mutsu province. So perhaps after all these centuries, something of the city's old significance still endures amidst the new. And with that, I will see you next time. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a historical romp with your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, written by Craig Friedrich and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. Support this podcast by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash riversidewings. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you next time.